Many things in life may fail you, but you can be certain God will never fail you. Pastor Ed Ray explains. Your friends will fail you. Funds will fail you. Money. Your feelings will fail you. But God is faithful. Don't trust your feelings. They're fickle. They will not be reliable when the pressure is on. But God is the rock. He's the stone that won't move in your life. He is faithful. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place God will dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand, singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, let this world know me by your God is true to his promises, so he can be relied upon. He can be trusted, he can be believed. However, often it's still a challenge for us to believe, perhaps because we live in a world of infidelity. We're constantly being let down and disappointed. Well, hello and welcome to Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, be encouraged by this truth. God is faithful. And with that said, not everyone believes. Approaching the issue of unbelief head on, let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 2 with Pastor Ed. It is intellectually dishonest to consider reality only as what your five senses can show you. That is the height of arrogance. I know that since I was an atheist for a number of years. I said, unless one of my five senses could sense it, it must not be real. Really? You're the arbitrator of truth in the universe? I think that's a little arrogant, don't you? Well, how could a truly objective person not consider the claims of a book that has changed cannibals into completely cultured people who trust God? and then take the gospel to other places. Unreasonable? Very reasonable. Look at the evidence, evidence that demands a verdict. For not all have the faith. Paul says he wants these unreasonable men to be silenced or set aside so he can speak to people that don't yet have the faith that need the faith, that he's looking forward to that. Now, I was reading this book, Evangelism for the Faint-Hearted is the title of it. Floyd Schneider, he talks about something that happened here in this area. He said, a University of California student who was a believer found upon arriving at school the first quarter that he was to share a dorm room with a Muslim. As they became friends, their conversation turned to their beliefs. The believer asked the Muslim if he'd ever read the Bible. He answered no, but then asked if the Christian had ever read the Quran. The believer responded, no, I haven't, but I'm sure it would be interesting. Why don't we read both together once a week, alternating books? The young man accepted the challenge. Their friendship deepened, and during the second quarter, the Muslim became a believer in Jesus Christ. One evening late in the second quarter, he burst into the room and shouted at the longtime believer, you deceived me. What are you talking about? The believer said. 
Well, he opened the Bible. He said, I've been reading it through like you told me. And I just read here in the book of Hebrews that the word is living and able to transform lives. You knew all along that the Bible contained God's power and that the Koran is a book like any other. I never had a chance. <laughs> the believer smiled and said, so now you'll hate me for life? He said, no, the new believer answered, but it was an unfair contest. Doesn't that encourage you to share God's word with other people or encourage them to read it no matter what their bend is? Absolutely. Now, here's the key. Here's the nugget, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. God is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Faithful. It's a play on words. He, at the end of the last verse, he said, not all have faith. The same word here, God is faithful. Not all have the faith, but God is. You can trust him. God is trustworthy. The key to our lives. Many scriptures declare God's faithfulness. Now, just kind of sit back and take this in a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord, your God, is God, and the faithful God, who keeps covenants and steadfast love with those who love him. Psalm 36, verse 5. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Psalm 89, verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. Psalm 119, verse 90. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. God's faithfulness is more reliable than the earth spinning around the sun. That's what he's saying. God is faithful. God is faithful to take care of you. He says he will establish you and guard you. Two things here. The, the establish, the word cerizo is where we get our English word establish. Now we put an E in front of it. Old King James, it was established. Cerizo actually means to strengthen. It's translated that way in Luke 22, verse 32. So God himself will strengthen your walk and guard you. That's what he's saying. Now, we saw this concept back in the book of Philippians. In Philippians 2.13, it said, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Living Bible's clear. For God is working in you, believer, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. This is an amazing concept. Something is being furnished by God. That's what Paul wrote to the Philippians. To will and to do. Giving you the desire to obey him. And the power to do what pleases him. God changes your want to. That's his promise. That if you will come and surrender your life. Say, God, I surrender. Please forgive my sin. Then God will come and start changing you from the inside. little review you remember that Jesus at the Last Supper took the cup and he said, this is my blood of a new covenant. What's new about it? 
Well, God had already said what it would be to the prophet Ezekiel and the prophet Jeremiah. He said, the new covenant would be, behold, I make a new covenant. I will take out your heart of stone. I will put in a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. I will write my law of love on your heart, and I will cause you to walk in my ways. When we surrender, he's a gentleman, he won't overwhelm us, but when we surrender our life to him, he takes up residence inside, and he begins to change our desires from the inside. Sometimes not as fast as we'd like them to, but that's his promise. Gordon Fee, writer of commentaries, a brilliant guy, he said it this way, God empowers both our doing and the willing that lies behind the doing. Christian ethics has nothing to do with rules that regulate conduct. Rather, it begins with a mind that is transformed by the Spirit to have our lives invaded by God's Holy Spirit who creates in us a new desire towards God that prompts godly behavior in the first place. Isn't that hopeful? That it's not about grunting and sweating. I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to start with some New Year's resolutions in November. And I know I can do it. No, 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 you can't. But God can. That's what he's saying. I will take care of the one to you surrender. Now, that's not a one-time thing. That's like a daily thing. Before you get out of bed in the morning is the best time. That doesn't give you any time to really mess up. Just start early. God, change my want to. I surrender. I give you my life. I'm going to get up in a minute. All kinds of stuff is going to come at me. Help me to not overreact. Secondly, he will guard you, protect you from the evil one. Now, we understand that. That's what Jesus said we should pray in the Lord's Prayer. Matthew, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. Another missionary story, American missionary in Peru. Her name is Lori Anderson. She's working among the head-shrinking Indians, the Canastosha Chopra Indians of northern Peru, only 3,500 of them, a small group. She was looking for a quiet place one morning for her daily time of Bible reading and prayer. So she went down to the edge of the river. After reading the Bible, she took up her prayer list, closed her eyes, and began to pray. So she didn't see the deadly anaconda snake slithering through the river, coming towards her until it struck her, burying its fangs into her flesh. It withdrew to strike, hitting her arm again and again as it held her. Screaming in its coils, it reared up for its death blow. But then suddenly, the giant snake, never known to release its prey, relaxed its grip and slithered off through the water. While Lori was being treated, a witch doctor from a nearby village burst into the hut and stared at her. She couldn't believe Lori had survived. She said her son-in-law also a witch doctor, had chanted to the spirit of the anaconda that morning and sent it to kill the young missionary. I'm certain, Lori said, that except for the protection of God, it would have worked. Now, we don't have anacondas in SoCal, but we got lots of other snakes, right? 
And this says God will protect you. He will guard you from the evil one. God is faithful to protect and keep you. We continue now in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4, with a prayer for believers. Here's Pastor Ed Ray on Growing Grace. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. We have confidence in who? Ah, the Lord. It's not in the believers at Thessalonica, not in the believers at Redlands, but faith in God, that God himself, the Lord. The confidence that God will do what he said he would do, both that you do and keep practice the things we commanded you. Now, it's not the confidence of people. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's the confidence of God. All that to say, God puts his confidence in himself to get you to heaven. He is able to keep you from falling, Titus says, and to present you faultless before the heavenly Father. Not without any sin, but forgiven, because you keep surrendering and asking or forgiveness, repenting. God is able when we are not. Are you struggling this week? You just feel like you can't go on? You're tapped into God. Ask him. He will protect you and he will strengthen you. And to do the things that you're supposed to again. He'll change your want to. Amazing. Verse 5. Last verse. And now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Now, this is the agape love, not their love for God, but God's love for them. God's love for you. God loves you. Now, Pastor, you're not going through that again, are you? Yeah, I am. Because <laughs> I need it, and you need it, to be reminded that God loves you individually. If you had been the only person on the planet, he would have died for you. If I was the only person on the planet, he would have died for me, because he loves me. He loves you individually. His love for you, his thoughts about you are more numerous than the stars. David said in Psalm 139, he thinks about you more than the grains of sand on all the seashores throughout this world. You're on his mind a lot. He thinks good things about you, Jeremiah said, God through Jeremiah. I know my thoughts towards you, they are for good and not for evil, to bring you to a hope and to a good end. That's your heavenly Father talking about you. But pastor, I'm going through this and this and this. Yes, but he will get you there. It's to strengthen you, it's to strengthen me. Can I just go in weak? No, he wants to strengthen you and me. John 16, 27. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I have come from God. God's love works in us to change us from the inside out. He's talking about that again. In the final analysis, God is doing the work of putting his love in you to give away to other people and also into the patience of Christ. Another translation says God's perspective through Jesus. Another says waiting for Jesus. Now, remember, in the last chapter, if you were with us, it talks about Jesus' return, his second coming, and it could be connected to that. But patience, waiting for Jesus' return, 
is just as good as patiently waiting through the difficult times in life. And there are many, aren't they? They are legion difficult times in life. If you're a teenager, you're struggling through a time of life of uncertainty and doubt and awkwardness. You're not sure who you are, what you're supposed to do, etc. If you're a senior on the other end of the scale, you're struggling with uncertainty and doubt and what you're supposed to do and how to get through to the end, financially and emotionally and physically. Years in between, often filled with stress, right? You're trying to get the right job, you're trying to build a home, you're, you're trying to build up your family. So basically it's stress <laughs> from teenage to the grave. Wow, what an exciting idea, thanks. <laughs> every stage of life carries this trauma. You remember, often it seems every week has a new set of them. So Satan wants to use that to discourage us so that we'll walk away from the Lord. God will not let setbacks and failures and losses and pains and suffering turn us away from him. All we need is just call on him, and he will speak to us. Okay, go back and look at verse 3 together. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish. He will set you and guard your life from the evil one. What does it mean, God is faithful? It means the opposite is true, that in fact friends will fail, but God is faithful. Bible's filled with the Ahithophils for David, and even Jesus having Judas, that your friends will let you down, absolutely guaranteed. But God is faithful. Secondly, your family will let you down. They will fail you. But God is faithful. Jesus' own family criticized him, Mark 3.21. When his family heard about it, they went to restrain Jesus because they kept saying he's out of his mind. My mom said that about me a lot, but it didn't have a lot to do with Jesus. He's out of his mind. Your family will fail you. Your friends will fail you. Funds will fail you. Money. But God took care of the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17, supplied her need when she had nothing. She thought she was about to die. Fourthly, your feelings will fail you, but God is faithful. Don't trust your feelings. They're fickle. They will not be reliable when the pressure is on. But God is the rock. He's the stone that won't move in your life. He is faithful. So your friends, family, funds, and feelings, and your faith will fail you. What? Your faith will fail you, your own ability to hold on to it. But God is faithful, and he'll pour himself back into you. He will keep coming over and over again. Cry out to Jesus. That's what I'm saying. It's a great prayer. Help Jesus. Two words. It worked for Peter when he was going down in the Sea of Galilee. It'll work for you because God always answers that. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Is anyone thirsty? It asks. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and drink. It's all free. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is here. There's a lot of difference, a marked difference between the way I think and the way God thinks. Now, you can ask me in any situation. I'll probably have an opinion. You can pry it out of me. But I continue to find that my opinions and judgments are often erroneous about spiritual things, that God is doing something completely different. I can't see the big picture. I think someone's trying to take advantage, and they're trying to rescue me out of the burning car. 
I have a great story to close with from a book, Why Christians Sin. That may mess with your theology, then you need to buy the book. It's good for you. Kirk Johnston is his name. He writes about someone in his church named Roger Sims. Roger Sims, hitchhiking his way home, could never forget the date, May 7th. His heavy suitcase made Roger tired. He was anxious to take off his army uniform once and for all. Flashing the hitchhiking sign to the oncoming car, he lost hope when he saw that it was a black, sleek, brand-new Cadillac. To his surprise, the car stopped. The passenger door opened. He ran towards the car, tossed his suitcase in the back, and thanked the handsome, well-dressed man as he slid into the front seat. He asked, going home for keeps? I am, Roger responded. Well, you're in luck if you're going to Chicago. He said, well, not quite that far. Do you live in Chicago? The man says, I have a business there. My name is Hanover. So they talked about all kinds of things. Roger, a Christian, felt this compulsion to share Christ with this 50-ish, apparently successful businessman. But he kept putting it off until he realized he was only about 30 minutes from his home. It was now or never. So Roger cleared his throat. throat) Mr. Hanover, I would like to talk to you about something important. He then proceeded to explain the way of salvation, ultimately asking Mr. Hanover if he would like to receive Christ as his savior. To Roger's astonishment, the Cadillac pulled over to the side of the road. Roger thought he was going to be thrown out of the car. But the businessman bowed his head and received Christ, prayed, and then thanked Roger. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Five years went by. Roger married, had a two-year-old son, and a business of his own. Packing his suitcase for a business trip to Chicago, he found a small white business card Hanover had given him five years before. In Chicago, he looked up Hanover Enterprises. A receptionist told him it was impossible to see Mr. Hanover, but he could see Mrs. Hanover. A little confused as to what was going on, he was ushered into a lovely office and found himself facing a keen-eyed woman in her 50s. She extended her hand and asked, you knew my husband? Roger told her how her husband had given him a ride when hitchhiking home. Can you tell me when that was? He said, sure. It was May 7th, five years ago, the day I was discharged from the army. She asked, anything special about that day? Roger hesitated. Should he mention giving this witness to her husband? I'd come this far. Why not tell her? Mrs. Hanover, I explained the gospel. Your husband pulled over to the side of the road and wept against the steering wheel. He gave his life to Christ that day. Explosive sobs shook her body. Finally getting a grip on herself, she sobbed, I had prayed for my husband's salvation for years. I believed God would save him. Anne said, Roger, where's your husband, Mrs. Hanover? He's dead, she wept, struggling with the words. He was in a fatal car crash, evidently shortly after he left you. He never got home. You see, I thought God had not kept his promise. Sobbing uncontrollably, she said, I stopped living for God five years ago because I thought he had not kept his word. Even in this extreme case, God was faithful. I don't know what you're facing, who it is in your family, or maybe it's you personally. God is faithful. All we have to do is turn to him, call on Jesus' name, and he will save. That's his promise for anyone. 
Amen. God indeed is faithful. And as Pastor Ed Ray is encouraged, may you call on the Lord. He will save you too. The Bible assures us that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is Grow in Grace. If you missed part of today's message or would just like to hear it again, go online to thepackinghouse.org or call and ask for a CD copy at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. We're also on YouTube at Packing House Christian Fellowship. Your support for Grow in Grace is not only needed, but greatly appreciated. And those that do this month will send you Power Through Prayer by E.M. Bounds. Maybe prayer to you is just something you do without much thought before a meal or just another thing to cross off your to-do list. There's great power through prayer, and this book will help elevate your thinking about it. To see how it truly makes a difference, this guidebook provides believers with information about the most effective way to use prayer to better understand God's Word, fully appreciate divine power, and more deeply commune with the Lord. Again, it's our way of saying thanks for your gift of any amount to grow in grace. You can reach us at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. This program is brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship. Zion, now filled with hands And in this place gotta dwell with man Sick be healed and the crippled stand Singing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony I said let this world know me by your 